Hello and welcome to We Random Episode 6. God, it's September already. September is full of cool weather and the NFL is back. Pumpkin spice. No, fuck that pumpkin spice. We ain't doing it on that shit here. But we got all sorts of fun stuff for you. Stick around. Almost Qualified Productions. We're three beers in. Time for you to catch up. Welcome to We Random, Episode 6. I'm Brian. That's Christopher. Say hello to the people, Christopher. What's up? As Christopher has told you, we don't have any pumpkin spice today. I do have a staghorn by New Glarus. My first Oktoberfest beer of the season. That means that it's going to be a great day and a good evening for a podcast. So Christopher, I say we get right into this random wheel of doom. We've got a lot of topics for you all tonight, and we want to make sure to cover as much as we can. All right, I'm spinning right now, man. Uh, we're gonna, boy, we're starting off heavy. Uh, there was a video put out this week by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, B, why don't you give a rundown on uh, what's going on with that? So there, so as Christopher mentioned in the intro, the National Football League is starting back up this week. So a lot of teams are going through and they are putting out promotional videos and things like that. The Miami Dolphins put out a promotional video to introduce their fans to the thought that they will not be on the field for the national anthem this season. Apparently, one of the NFL's plans to address social injustice is to allow for playing of both the Black National Anthem and the United States National Anthem. The Miami Dolphins have said they're not going to be on the field for either of those. So I think it's a very interesting um, thing to put out there. There was a mixed response. A lot of people are like, Hey, this is great. A lot of people are like, keep politics out of my sports. And, you know, I think I'm hearing one of our friends who always tells us, look at these things from both sides. So I want to look at these things from both sides. And I think, you know, one of the things in the video that really hit me on that note is one of the players said, if my dad was a soldier, but the cops killed my brother, do I stand for one of these anthems and kneel for the other? So I think it is a very good thing for them to just say, nope, we're not going to be out there because that way you can't judge any of the decisions that we make. What do you think, Christopher? Well, first of all, I think it's a misnomer saying this is about politics. I think it's a, it's a cop-out that people who have horrible beliefs use to, to say why they don't want this to happen. It's got nothing to do with politics. It's got to do with equality. It's got to do with treating people the same, right? That's all. That's what it has to do with. And we're going to, we're, I know we're going to get into this a little bit later on stuff and, and I'm definitely going to get into that later. But the fact that people try to pin this into a politics left versus right thing is, is just bullshit. Um, on top of that, the thing that I thought was most interesting on this is there, the, the NFL is going to be doing all sorts of, things before games right it's not just the national anthem and the black national anthem which honestly i still need to read up more on um but they're gonna do all sorts of things like last night you had the the chiefs and the texans linking arms and all that type of thing so the the nfl wants to as, as brian said they want to use this as kind of their uh showcase of look we're doing things where we're trying to make things better Honestly, what they're trying to do is make up for the whole Colin Kaepernick shit and the way that they shit the bed horribly on that whole thing. Um, but but what the what the Dolphins really said in that message is we're not going in at all of that. They're basically taking a shot at the NFL and saying, look, if you really want to do something, go fucking do something. Don't just have us parade out there on the field and, and try to make a statement for you so you can feel better. Take your fucking money. Put your hands in your goddamn pockets, all you rich motherfuckers, and start to spend that money. Start to put pressure on politicians. Put pressure on our sponsors. Start to do some real things that are going to make some real difference and, and, and start putting some real action behind it. The NFL has a lot of weight and a lot of money behind them. They could be doing a lot of stuff. And, and this message to me was these players and this team saying, you know what, stop copping out and do something real because we're not going to play around with your fucking game. And I love it. Yeah, I would agree. I think that's a really good way to wrap that up. I don't know that there's any more that I could say other than what was said in the video, which is it's not a black or white thing or a left or right thing. We need to look at this whole thing and stop arguing about the little pieces of it. 
So let's spin that wheel. All right, keep going. So, uh, Brian, I ask you a lot of things because I'm not necessarily the uh, smartest cookie in the bunch or whatever that saying is, but what exactly is a Cleveland steamer anyway? So a Cleveland steamer is a sexual act. And I feel like if we had the proprietary right to Joe Buck's, that's a disgusting act. That's where we would want to put that drop in this podcast. But I don't think we'd have Joe Blocks or not Joe, Joe Buck. Did I say Joe Block twice? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, I don't think that we have Joe Buck's permission to say that, but a Cleveland steamer is related to the Cleveland Browns Browns receiver <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. As there was a podcast this week that is called, and let me look this up so I make sure to get it right, a podcast called Thoughts Next Door. Do you know what a thought is, Christopher? Um, I'm going to say no. All right. Well, we don't need to get into that either. I don't think those are I don't I don't think those are things that we want to touch on or cover on this podcast. People have the ability to go to Google and Urban Dictionary. However, on that podcast, one of the guests said that OBJ is into the sexual act called the Cleveland Steamer. And then uh, Mr. Beckham took to Instagram to joke about this news, saying, quote, you can't knock me off my pivot no matter what shit is thrown my way. So you still, was, haven't, you haven't, still haven't told me what exactly a Cleveland steamer is, B. <laughs> Do we have any uh, children under the age of 18 who listen okay, to this OBG, podcast? OBJ <laughs> likes to get shit on. Like shit, literal shit on him. Like shit on. That's what it is. He likes to get shit on. Just saying. Do I count these against your curse word count for today? Because you told me to count your curses. <laughs> and I'm trying. You, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead and count it. All right, I think we're up to five then, but I'm not sure because I'm not sure many how many times you said the word shit. I'm pretty sure I had five shits all on its own, but that's fine. All so right. the, let's just wrap this up because this is a shitty topic to begin with. Uh Apparently, OBJ likes to get shit on. And you know what? Whatever you do in your bedroom, if you're not hurting anyone else, I don't really give a shit. That's what I would agree. I would say whatever you want to do behind closed doors, as long as it's between you and a consenting partner, I think that's fine. I feel like yeah. people want to be voyeurs into the lives of other people, and that's not always something that we need to be doing. It's still gross as fuck, though. Spinning the wheel. That's just what happens when you eat Pizza Hut. ha, ha, ha. Speaking of gross as fuck, uh, what's happening in the Wisconsin colleges, uh, B? So here's a very interesting thing. The Wisconsin colleges, and I'm speaking in particular to the University of Wisconsin system. So students return to campus in late August or early September. And already, UW-Madison has gone fully online for two weeks due to COVID-19 concerns. UW-Whitewater says they aren't far behind. Some of the other campuses are reporting upticks in COVID-19 cases. Some of the communities are reporting uptick in cases. And it's becoming kind of a theoretical question of, was it irresponsible for schools to open? Is yes. it on the students for making poor choices? Yes. Is it a mix of both? What yes. is the thing? I watched a video. There was a video that my supervisor actually sent me. I work in education just in case for our new listeners. But my supervisor actually sent a video that kind of talked about this. And it was like, you know, it was in some ways irresponsibility on behalf of colleges and college chancellors to open because we cannot reasonably expect that the COVID precautions that a school is taking on their campus can be maintained outside of campus because students in the traditional age group of, you know, 18 to 22, this is their primary time to socialize. So to tell them, hey, you can't go socialize, how many of those students are actually going to do that, right? Like, I think it's a very... Clearly none of them. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting case study in the sense that 
schools are going to say, well, like we asked you to do this, you didn't do this. Now we're going to keep your tuition. Like, is that fair? And then you have students who went and partied and then they've gotten COVID and then they get over COVID and they're like, well, we're fine now. So we can just go keep partying. And it's like, oh, I don't know that that feels very good either. So I just think it's a very interesting thing. And I'm, I, I am struggling with how to really approach it because my initial feeling was that it was irresponsible because we can only trust ourselves and people, you know, throughout this pandemic have proven that oftentimes they will do what they feel is in their best interests, what is in the best interests of people around them. So the only thing that you as a proprietor, whether you're a school or a business can do is to set up the conditions of your business to be in the best interests of other people as you see that being. What are your thoughts, Christopher? Well, per usual, you did a great job really diving in and summarizing that and making it sound very eloquent. And I'm just going to cut straight to the chase and say, people are fucking stupid. Like, let's just be honest. People are dumb. Like individual persons may be intelligent, right? But people as a whole are fucking stupid. On top of that, people don't give a shit about nothing, right? They're just going to do whatever they want to do when they want to do it. And they just don't care. Sure. There are some people that are conscious enough to, uh, you know, look at things and say, Oh, you know what? I I don't want to do this because it might impact somebody else. But, but as a people, we are selfish as fuck and we're going to do whatever we want to do when we want to do it. The fact that we thought that we could bring people together in any kind of a group and that it would be safe is fucking asinine. It was never going to work. It won't happen with third graders and it won't happen with, college juniors. It's just not going to happen because you're even, even a third grader. Cause there's a, there's a school up in Waukesha that's like isolating their entire fucking third grade because people are sick. It's, it's not necessarily that they like a third grader doesn't know what's right or wrong. Right. So they're going to do stuff, whatever they're going to do. So it's the responsibility of the people that are in charge of that third grader. But the problem is, is those people are stupid and they're going to be doing whatever they want to do. So it's just the, the fact that, that people looked at the situation we're in and they thought, you know what? It's perfectly fine. We can bring hundreds or thousands of people and bring them all together and everything's going to be hunky dory. No, it was fucking dumb. It never was going to work. It was stupid of them to try. And now all we're going to do is we're going to start seeing more people get sick and more people die. And we're going to see schools starting to shut back down. And you really thought like, like people were so concerned that, Oh, but learn distance learning. I don't think we could do that. That's too difficult for us. Well, how do you think people are going to react when you're ripping them back out of schools? And now you have to try to change things up midstream. It's just the whole thing was stupid, man. Yeah. I mean, I've, talk to so many of my students and I've had to answer this exact question of, well, why online? Why are we doing these classes online when there are other classes on campus? And the explanation that I give people is look at this online education as the most consistent option that you have for fall. If everything is great and the pandemic winds down, your class is still going to be online. It's still going to be in the format that you expected. If things get worse and we can no longer offer online or on-campus classes, your class will still be online in the same format that you expected. So you had all of this time to ramp up for something that's going to be a consistent versus the students who are expecting, hey, I'm going to go to this on-campus class and oh, now you're yanked out and now what do you do? You didn't prepare to have the technology that you needed or you can't afford the technology that you needed or whatever the case may be. It is definitely a more challenging situation where the you know, braver choice would have been to say, yep, we're going to do all online. We're going to give our students the time to prepare or to decide, nope, I don't want to do this. And I realize that there are budgetary concerns and all these other things that are far above my pay grade that universities have to consider. But this, I guess, to me was a predictable outcome. Well, and that's part of the thing too, right? Is um, how much money is involved in higher education, which is its own subject we could talk about to begin with. And I know that they pay your salary, but that's a different subject, but that's what a big part of this is, right? We, we want those people in, to be here in the seat so that we can collect that cash. And there's a lot of students who are saying, well, wait a second, if I signed up to pay $20,000 a year to sit in this class and get educated by these, you know, top of the line professors, now you're telling me that I have to sit at home where I don't get that back and forth that I need. Why should I be paying $20,000 for that? So there's a lot of questions around that. And I get that. 
and, and I don't know that we can solve that immediately. I think, but instead, I think what you need to look at is what is in the best interest of everybody. What's in the the national you know, health, safety, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, you know, how do we keep people safe? And we've had months, months to figure this out. And instead, everybody waited to that last minute because, hey, you know what, maybe everything will fix itself in the last week before school starts. It was stupid, right? Like we, we should have been planning ahead and not waiting to the last second to try to throw something together. And that's part of the reason why things are so fucked up right now is because we waited to the very, very end. So, I don't know. The whole thing is stupid. I know that I'm not personally impacted because I'm not in school. I don't work at a school. I don't teach at a school. I don't have kids that are in school. So I get that. I, it doesn't impact me personally. Um, so I know other people have, you know, different interests and rooting interests there that I don't have. But but in the end, when I look at it for the greater good and keeping people healthy, this was just a dumb idea from the start. Spin it. It's spinning. All right, so this is one that uh, kind of branches over both of our interests, which is very, very interesting. Uh, so Vince McMahon came out with uh, Vince McMahon of WWE fame uh, came out with with some sort of a proclamation and an update to how his business runs. So uh, give us a rundown on that, B. So Vince McMahon came out with a letter to his WWE superstars threatening punishment if they continue to use third party. Uh, apps such as Cameo or Twitch or any other platform where they could use their likeness to drive followers to those platforms. He says that doing so is detrimental to the company of WWE in that the performers need to stop doing this within 30 days or they will be punished. Now, one of the things that is known about a lot of these WWE talents is that there's a lot of talents that use Twitch. So for example, Austin Creed, who wrestles under the name Xavier Woods, he is one of the more popular streamers from WWE. AJ Styles streams on Twitch. There's a lot of folks on Cameo from WWE where they can make a pretty good salary recording 90 second videos for people who are like, Hey, I really like you. Can you cut a promo for me for my aunt Sally's birthday? And it's a way for them to leverage their popularity to make some side hustle. And Vince doesn't really want that because Vince doesn't make money off of that side hustle. And one of the things that I think for Vince, and this is one of his criticisms in the wrestling community, is that ever since he's had folks like The Rock, who was able to break out and go to Hollywood and not really come back, is he always puts that glass ceiling on his folks, so they will always be indebted to him, right? And that's one of the things that you find with WWE is people will be like, there's no stars right now, and that is purely intentional, and I feel like this is another way of Vince trying to put that ceiling on and say, look, if you're going to make money, it's going to be making money for me. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really follow wrestling much at all. And uh, I think, and, and I'll preface this, I am clearly not a lawyer, but I think that the, the biggest thing that this ties into is the contract structure that, that these people have with Vince McMahon. And I think that, um, and, and, and the WWE as a whole, um, because it, it kind of makes sense from my very rudimentary layman's understanding of law is that or contracts is, is that he most likely had they, they they created this this name or this persona and they dumped a bunch of money into it. Right. Um, so it kind of makes sense. I kind of get that. Right. Like if if as a as a company, um, you know, Bob Jones comes to the company and we help train Bob Jones and we we create a uh, a gimmick around Bob Jones and we turn him into a giant bird and we call him the Bobo and all of a sudden we're marketing the Bobo and we're putting it on billboards and we're putting it on commercials and we're putting him on TV and we're creating the Bobo action figure and he, we're licensing him out to video games. Like all of a sudden, Bob Jones, who is nobody, is now the Bobo that is this well-recognized, super, you know, big brand well, why the hell do we want the Bobo to go out and start making money on the side when that's not that's not something we control? We created the Bobo. The Bobo belongs to us. So I kind of get it. I kind of get where he's coming from. I think it's garbage. And I think I think that it, it kind of goes back to the contracts that people are signing and that they they need a little bit more control there. But again, that therein lies the problem is that WWE is pretty much the only game in town, right? I mean, there's some some 
minor wrestling organizations around, but but if you want to try to be big, quote unquote big in the wrestling industry, Vince McMahon's your guy. That's that's where you have to go. So he has all the bargaining power on his side. And so I don't know that these these individuals have any kind of real standing until you get to the point of someone like The Rock or Stone Cold or, you know, one of these super ginormous characters who just transcend the WWE. And maybe to your point, he's trying to keep that from happening. I don't know. I don't know enough about the sport and what they're doing to know that. But um, I, I, I think it's I, I understand it from a business perspective. I also think it's kind of garbage. Yeah, and I think it's turning. So there's another company, AEW, that is actually having a couple of former WWE stars at the top. And they kind of made fun of this a little bit because one of their guys like plugged his Twitch on air. And there was a little disclaimer. This promo is sponsored by AEW or something. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Like they're throwing shade at Vince. But I think it's true, though, because Vince owns a stake in... Austin Creed's up, up, down, down Twitch brand and things like that. So it's like, I think this is what they're trying to do is they're trying to monetize some of these things where they don't want these folks to be able to build a platform and build a brand so that they can run out their contract and decide to leave. Because that is something that has happened to WWE recently where some of their more popular talents decided we're just going to run out our contract. We're not going to sign your offers for renewal and we're going to go make money somewhere else. And they've been able to do it. So I think that's what he's really trying to cut down on is having people build their brand in a different way. And what he might actually do is push people towards developing their own brand, right? Like, yep. like Dwayne Johnson is always going to be the rock in my mind. He always will be. But to like my 15-year-old niece, I'll almost guarantee that she knows him as Dwayne Johnson, right? Yep. Like he built that brand and it's something even bigger than it was when he was the rock. And I think that what Vince McMahon could be doing is pushing individuals to that point where, well, fine, if I can't be the Bobo on Twitch – I'm going to be Bob Jones on Twitch. Yep. And all I need to do is get people to connect those dots. And that's not necessarily going to be easy, but that's something that I'm sure that he could do. Right. And now if I get people to connect the dots, well, now all of a sudden I've got my own brand as Bob Jones. And now maybe I don't need Vince McMahon. Now maybe I could say, well, Vince, you think I'm only worth X amount, but I've got, you know, 10,000 people that watch me stream every time I'm out here. So I think I've got some leverage here, you know? So he might be pushing people to, to, to a different a different area. So it could be interesting to see how that plays out. It will be. And there's a whole other piece with the contracts of WWE is that technically these people are listed as independent contractors, but they've right. also agreed to all of these terms. So I think, like you said, it'll be interesting. But for now, I think we've covered what we can cover and let's just keep it moving. Let's do it. All right. Oh, so there was a football game last night, B. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the Cleveland Steamer again with the, uh. <laughs> No, no. Um, so, so last night the NFL kicked off. And as we talked about earlier, there's, uh, there's a lot of things that they're, they're doing before the, uh, before the game. So they're doing the, the Black National Anthem on top of the National Anthem. Um, and last night, from what I understand, this was, this was just kind of, uh, something that the teams themselves came up with. But uh, after the anthems and everything, so it didn't interfere with the anthems, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans all linked arms along the field. And there was a certain reaction from that uh, small crowd in Kansas City, B. Of course, we would expect it to be a rousing cheer. Is that what we got? No. Did they do the tomahawk chop? (laughs) No, they didn't do that either. I'm pretty sure they booed. The, these players were trying to show a a sign of unity, a sign of coming together, a sign of brotherhood. These 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 young men and some old men who were out there, black and white, and every color in between, uh, standing out there together to to show some sort of symbolism that you know we're. And I don't want to put words in their mouths, but the way it comes across to me is you know we're we're standing together um, for something that's bigger and better that we all need to be bigger and better. And the fact that these motherfuckers were booing them before I go off, I'm going to like, I'm going to let you speak and get your words out because I, I got, I got some stuff to say. <laughs> I think I, I'm just going to stop counting the curse words at this point, but it's a good idea. So 
One of the biggest things when we think about booing a moment of unity, the first question that I have is why. I watched a video today from a football player, Ryan Clark, and he said, would people boo a moment of unity against cancer? Would people boo a moment of unity against, or, you know, to support autism? Would people boo a moment of unity for um, the troops and for our military veterans? The answer to most of those is no. And in looking at the comments and looking at things, a lot of things that I kept seeing was, well, keep politics out of my sports. And I'm wondering, should we define politics and should we look at how we define politics and change that? Because when we look at the definition of politics, and I looked this up in the dictionary, the definition of politics is the activities associated with the governance of a country or other area, especially the debate or conflict among individuals or parties, having or hoping to achieve power. So if we're talking about hoping to achieve power, are the people who are saying that, you know, individuals hoping for unity are trying to gain power? Is that what people are feeling threatened of or afraid of? Or I'm just trying to understand because I think there's a latent kind of feeling and statement that's being made, but no one will say it, is that there are a subset of people out there who are feeling threatened or afraid that black individuals are going to gain or achieve power by being considered equal instead of being considered less than. And I feel like that is not great. Yeah, I, you know, to kind of expand on on the video that you mentioned is at one point, um, he even mentioned that why are why are people booing? It's because these individuals are trying to stand up for black people. They're trying to do something for black people. That's what you don't like, right? It's um, you know, to your point, if 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 they were, let's all stand together to support our military. People would be hooping and hollering and screaming and so excited. If it was, hey, it's Aut- autism awareness month. Let's all stand together and wear our, I believe it's blue, and we'll put blue on our shoes. People would love it. People would wear their blue to the stadium. I mean, you see it with breast cancer, right? Everybody's wearing pink. But by God, this is about black people. And God damn it, we can't have no good stuff about black people. Like, that's, that's, how do you, how do you interpret this as anything else? You know, initially it was, you know, one person was kneeling. And we can't have that because that disrespects our flag and it disrespects our anthem. We can't have that. Well, there's peaceful protests. Well, you need to just shut up. Peaceful protests. We don't need to hear about that. It doesn't matter what is done. These people, and I'm going to use that term deliberately, these people are going to bitch and complain and scream about it. And you know why? And I'm going to talk about this at the end of the show, too. So I really don't want to steal my thunder, even though it's right there. But do you know why? And and God damn it, I'm going to steal my own thunder anyway. It's because they're racist. That is a word that we refuse to use. It's a word that people are afraid of. It's a word that people want to attribute to just people wearing the white hood, right? It's like you have to be that super extreme. No. No, if you're that fucking dude standing there in the fucking cold in Kansas City watching a football game and you're watching people who are trying to stand up for fucking equality, they're not talking about somebody getting rights that someone else doesn't have. They're not talking about someone else being paid more than another person. They're not talking about one person being able to go to school where another person can. They, they, they want people to stop getting fucking shot in the street by the fucking cops because they happen to be black. They, they, they want people treated equally. If you are in those stands and you are booing that, you are a fucking racist. That's where it's coming from. You hate people because they're black. That's what the issue is. You won't admit that. You know, you're not going to put it on your Facebook page. You're not going to put it out on Twitter for people to know, but you're a fucking racist and people need to know that. People need to call that shit out because I see this all the time. I see it everywhere. I see it with people I know. I see it on fucking Facebook when I'm an idiot and I read the news on Facebook and I look at the comments. You're a fucking racist and you're a piece of shit and you need to be called out for that because those are the individuals that are helping push this bullshit agenda forward. They're, these are the types of people that help this shit continue to go on and on and on. This is why this shit is still going on in 20 fucking 20 is because of people like this. And I'm sick and goddamn tired of us just giving it a pass for one reason or another. I'm done with it. 
I'm yeah, I mean, I guess to leave you all as our listeners with a question, do you feel like if this would have been on September 11th and these players would have locked arms in unity to remember September 11th, would anyone have booed? And if anyone would have booed, how would society have reacted? Right now, society is reacting and saying, well, the boos aren't a big deal because that's freedom of speech. And that is true. But would you say the same if someone booed a unity celebration for remembering September 11th? I think that sums it up. I'm spinning the wheel before I drop more F-bombs. I've already pissed off 99% of the people that listen to this goddamn show. Uh, so this, maybe this is slightly related. So um, the Milwaukee officers, the police officers in Milwaukee had, a, had an interesting time here recently. So uh, why don't you tell us about there that, was a case where there were two Milwaukee police officers who were caught on their own body cams punching a robbery suspect. The robbery suspect was a white man who was listed as being homeless, and he was called in because someone believed that he had robbed them. The officers took him to the ground and put him in their car, and they were questioning him, and they after review of their body cam footage, were found to have been in violation of protocol and that they used excessive force. They resigned instead of being fired, and while they were not found criminally liable, they still would have been fired. Now, I want to ask you a question, Christopher. Since the year 2017, how many officers in the state of Wisconsin do you think have violated some type of protocol? Now, again, this isn't physical protocol, but it's some kind of protocol and have quit instead of being fired from 2017 to June 2020. How many do you think there are? 78. 246, according to Wisconsin state records. Think about, think about that number. It's crazy. If we're going to talk about different things with the police, and we're going to talk about enforcement of rules, and we're going to talk about following protocols, how can we as a society say, well, if you just follow directions, you're going to be fine, when there are 246 police officers or law enforcement officers who would have been fired for violating some type of protocol in their job, right? Isn't that something that should be a concern for people? Like I, that really hit me when I saw that number because I feel like that's a lot. Maybe it's not, but to me that feels like a lot. And looking at this video, I actually watched the whole video and I saw this officer say, you spit in my face. And then he punches the suspect in the face when the suspect is already in cuffs in the car. The officer starts yelling at this man and saying, you spit in my fucking face. And he puts him in an arm hold and he tells him to not talk and tells him that he can hold him like this forever. How, you know, obviously this is one person who's taking matters into his own hands. But this type of behavior, I personally don't feel like is the behavior that I would want for someone to be representing me, right? Because you, as someone who is upholding the law, hopefully should be able to handle these things in a way that's not going to be threatening someone and, you know, just like retaliatory, right? Because someone hits you doesn't mean you have to hit them. Because someone spits at you doesn't mean that you have to kick them when they're down and drop them off in a neighborhood that they didn't want to be dropped off in and hope that somebody beats the shit out of them. Because that is also something that these officers did, is they dropped this man off on the other side of town. So, like, these are the reasons that people are wanting more body cams. These are the reasons that people are wanting more accountability for police officers. Because if this person is so arrogant or so not with it that they're going to do these things when they're wearing a body cam, what's happening out here in our cities where people know that they don't have body cams and they know that they're not going to get caught? Well, apparently they shoot black guys in the back seven times. At least that's what happened in Kenosha where they don't have body cams. So, I mean, I'll just throw that out there. Yeah, I think this is this is interesting because I think that there's there's a lot of different layers to this, right? So we just got done talking about equality and uh, black guys being, or black people, but especially black men 
getting shot at a much higher percentage than uh, than white men. And this is a white guy who who got punched in the face a bunch of times, right? So I think that's a, that's one level of this. Um, you're going to have bad seeds everywhere, right? I think we know that. But I think the fact that this, these are police officers who broke protocol to such a degree that it would have ended up them being fired. And I think we all know that there's a lot of stuff that happens in police departments that gets swept under the rug, right? We hear about that in a lot of these bad cop cases, right? The, the guy up in Minnesota, we hear about, I don't remember what the number was. I want to say 14, but I don't want to put that out there because it might be wrong. But he had all these different complaints or investigations or things that have been happening. Like, like there's a clear pattern here. Something is wrong. And then finally he kills somebody. And then all of a sudden it starts to come to light, right? So the fact that this is the number of that have actually gotten to the point of, okay, we're finally going to fire you. So, okay, well, I'm going to bail out and I'm going to quit. Well, how many people like had in, in, in infractions that didn't quite reach to that level or haven't left <laughs> reached to that level yet? I think, I think that what this is really saying to me overall is we've talked about the fact that the police need to be reformed in some way, shape or form, whether you want to call it defunding or reform or whatever it is, something needs to change in the way that these organizations are put together. And I'm being very general in how I'm saying that because there are good cops and I'm sure there are good police stations and good chiefs and all of that, but there's a lot of bad out there too. And I think we just, we need to look at the whole thing and get that shit sorted out because this type of shit just is not okay. Agreed. All right, let's spin. All we got are heavy topics. We got to have something that's, uh, that's, okay, this, this is this is not quite as, as heavy, and I think that I'm just going to say something really quick on this. Um, but as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, I do I do some streaming on the side, right? I stream video games and all that, and I'm incredibly popular. <clears throat> not really. But uh, this week, something big happened in the streaming world. Um, Ninja came back to streaming. Tyler Blevins, who's just south of us in Illinois somewhere, um, he came back to Twitch. So I'm going to give a really quick brief rundown on uh, kind of the ninja story and then why this is kind of a big thing when it comes to streaming and even beyond streaming. And this ties back kind of the WWE thing we talked about. So Ninja's been streaming for many, many, many years. Um, he hit it big when new game Fortnite came out a couple of years back. Um, got huge streams, biggest streamer in the world by far. Made millions and millions of dollars. Um, maybe a year or so ago, he uh, took a um, an exclusive deal with Mixer, which is a um, was a, a streaming platform owned by Microsoft. He rumored to have gotten many, many millions of dollars. Who knows how much? Um, and then Mixer, like within a couple months, shut down. <laughs> they they quit. They're, they're out of the business. So then it kind of left him and a bunch of other people that made that jump kind of up up in the air. What's going to happen? Um, and so for a few months now, people have been wondering, and he's, you know, he streamed on YouTube once or twice. So people thought maybe he was going there and he just, he just came back. I think it was last night, um, and had his first return to Twitch. I'm back. I'm on Twitch and doing my thing. Um, and he had almost a hundred thousand people watching him, which is a pretty ridiculous amount for streaming. Um, I think this is big for a couple of reasons. So first of all, it's obviously big for him and it's big for, for Twitch, um, but I think this kind of ties into the WWE thing that we had talked about, which is, you know, building your brand and building your brand up and around and beyond where you're at. One of the things that Ninja's talked about why he moved to Mixer was that it gave him an opportunity to expand beyond just the streaming world. One of the first things he, he announced after Mixer shut down is that he's, I think he got an agent or he's doing something to be in like different movies and parts here and there. He wants to do something out beyond where he's at. He's not putting all the all of his uh, eggs in one basket, so to speak. So I think that it's it's big that he's coming back. A because it it it's huge for the streaming world, but B I think it's a good lesson to all of us to uh, to diversify what it is that we're doing and how we're doing, who we are as people. And um, I don't know. I just it, it, in the world that I'm in because I, I you know I'm in that kind of streaming world to some small, very 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 small degree and all that. Um, this is a really big. This is huge news in that world, and that world has grown to a point where, I mean, it's covered by ESPN, for God's sake. So it's actually just big news, period. So I thought that was something worth mentioning. What are your thoughts, B? I know that you're super huge into the streaming world, too. I was just thinking about my favorite Twitch personality, who I watch at 7 p.m. most nights, Monday through Thursday. 
Yeah, that that he's probably pretty awesome. He probably gets like he four is. people watching him. He does. <laughs> I'm spinning the wheel. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna swear some more. God damn it! Uh, so you 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 had some interesting uh, things written down. Uh, let me see if I can find which, how you exactly wrote it. Um, should Tom Brenneman be forgiven? So uh, could you give us a little background on, on the Tom Brenneman situation and why you think this is even a question worth asking? So I don't think it's a question worth asking. I saw an article with the title, Should Tom Brenneman Be Forgiven? So on August 19th, Tom Brenneman, during a broadcast, made a commentary that was a comment that was a negative comment towards the LGBTQ community. He was immediately pulled off the broadcast, but not before he could make a fake apology while calling a home run. It's a pretty epic train wreck if you want to go watch that. But I don't recommend that you do that because I don't think he's worth the clicks. So... Tom Brenneman is now making the apology tour for his comments. He's meeting with LGBTQ leaders in Cincinnati, and he's trying to kind of make the case that he needs to be more educated and that he's never used this word before and he didn't know the meaning of the word and all of these things. But when we look at this, it's like if you didn't know the meaning of the word, why would you have used it, right? Like there's an education piece here. There's, I, again, I'm going to go back to my guy, Emmanuel Acho. He talks about how folks will use the N word. And he's like, sometimes people will use that word and they won't know that they're being offensive, but they're being offensive. And I need to educate them on why they're being offensive. And we're not talking about like the the full N-word. We're talking about when back in the 1950s and 60s, people would refer to black people as Negroes, right? And there are still people who do that to this day. And he talks about how those people who still do that need to be educated about why that's harmful, even if they don't mean it in a harmful context. The way that Tom Brenneman used that word in the spice that he put on that word when he was using it, I do not believe for one second that that man did not know what that word meant. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with you. I, I've got some mixed emotions on this. Um, and, and the reason, like when I first read that you had put this into our list of things to talk about, my initial thought was, go fuck yourself, Tom Brenneman. Like with a hot iron in the eye, just like, you're no, get the fuck out of my face. But then I read the article and I was... It, it kind of opened my eyes a bit because there was there there were quotes from a couple of different people in the LGBTQ community that he was working with, and I don't I don't remember their names or, you know, what they were. They were part of like different chamber of commerce or something along those lines in in the area, um, and they were really open to talking to him and working with him and helping him understand, you know, what what that word means and why why it's not a, a word to be using, um, okay. how that word really discriminates against and impacts people in that community. Um, and I, and I, th and I thought that was, that's super wise. It's brilliant. I think it makes a lot of sense, right? Because we can, you, we can talk about cancel culture and I'm doing the air quotes. Um, and how people, we just like, we just want to just shove people down as quickly and as, as fast as we can. That's not always the right approach. Right. So, as, as you were talking, I was sitting here looking at, should Tom Brenneman be forgiven? And I'm just focusing on that. And, and it brings me back to a per personal situation that I had um, where, where I had a really poor relationship with an individual and things fell apart. And I was, I felt horribly treated and, and mistreated and, and, and used and all of this horrible stuff. And it, I was just full of hate and anger. I know that really shocks you people. I was just so pissed all the time. And then, and then I realized that forgiveness, forgiveness doesn't give a shit about that person. Forgiveness is about you as an individual, right? So I can forgive that person and, and how that person treated me and how they made me feel and all that shit. And, and I like instantly feel better. Like I've let go of that. 
And I think that's where I, and I think that's super relevant to Tom Brenneman. Bre- Brenneman, am I saying that right? Yeah. I feel forgiving him is fine. I can, I can, I can look past the fact that he said something really fucking stupid that he shouldn't have said. Um, and I can forgive him for being a bigot and an asshole. But I still think he needs to be educated, and I still think he needs to be held accountable. I don't think being forgiven doesn't mean you put him back in the air. As far as I'm concerned, the guy should never be on the air again. He proved that he's not capable of being able to do that. And he's an offensive person. And he said something horribly offensive live in front of millions of people. He should not be back in the air. But that doesn't mean I can't forgive him for what he said, how he said it. Um, I can forgive the fact that um, that he is the person that he is. But I do think that he still needs to to he needs to do a lot of things personally for himself to to become a better person. Does that make sense? Yeah, he needs to do the work to get back to the status where he was. He needs to show that he has done that work and that he's committed to it. And it's not just something that he's doing because he feels like he has to, but because he wants to. Yeah, I agree. All right. I think before we, I think we're going to skip the spinning the wheel. We got a few other things on here. Is there anything that you desperately want to talk about? Cause we're running up on uh, over 45 minutes or right about 45 minutes now. I know we've got, uh, we've got another draft to do tonight. So dun, 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 random dun, ranking. So I think we're, I think we're good to move right to the draft because I will move one of these topics to my extra point. All right, so random rankings. Um, I'm going to let you introduce this because you were the one that uh, that found this, and I'm going to. I am going to say at the jump, I got a lot of fucking issues with this thing. But go ahead and kick it off, Pete. So, as you may or may not know, loyal listener, I spend lots of time on Twitter. When I spend time on Twitter, I see different articles, such as the most searched grill recipe for every state this summer. Google released data for the most popular grilling recipes in each state based on the most uniquely searched item over the past month of August. So in this list, the state of South Dakota was not available, but it was replaced by Washington, D.C. So what's going on with the state of South Dakota, Big C? Are they using VPNs up there where people can't get their data or what? It could be if they're smart about it. So, for example, we have I've consolidated this list of all 50 options and we are going to draft five of the 16 options that are available to us. And when we do that, five each, we're going to do five each. So we're going to draft 10 of these 16 items. So what we're going to do is when we read off the item, we'll tell you which states. Well, we won't tell you all the states, but we'll say, for example, grilled chicken, six states used grilled chicken as the most searched for grilling meal over the past month. So what we need to do now is we need to do a randomizer to figure out which one of us goes first. And instead of doing a snake draft, because that seemed to confuse us last week, we'll just go, whoever goes first goes first, the other person goes second, and then it'll just keep going back and forth. All right, well, I got the randomizer ready. Before I do this randomizer, I just want to, I just want to, call something out. So this is specifically a list of the most Google searched foods for grilling, right? So what this tells me is this is a shit that people don't know how to grill because it's not, because that's why they're searching for it, right? Because like the most quintessential grilled foods do not show up on this fucking list. There's, these are some fucking crazy ass foods on here. I don't know what the fuck people are doing with their grilling, but take it from a dude from Wisconsin who's been grilling since he was two and a half weeks old. This is not the shit you should be grilling. You should need to go get yourself some hot dogs and some burgers and be done with it. But let me do the randomizer now that, that I got that rant true. out of the way. That's true. All right. So randomizer came up with B as the winner. Look at that. B gets to go first. All right. So. If we're looking at our list, we have options such as grilled salmon, which 16 of the 50 states had as their most Google searched item. There's grilled zucchini, which has six states. And then there's grilled chicken, which has six states. Now, for me, I have taken to enjoying grilled chicken wings on the grill. That is something that I personally never really made, but a buddy of mine makes some fantastic grilled chicken wings on the grill. So with this first pick, I am going to have to take grilled chicken. 
So this is where I cue the meme of some guy flipping the table over because that was pretty much the only thing on this list that's not complete ass. Um, all right, if you're taking the chicken, this one I can deal with. I'm taking the grilled pork chops with my first pick. Okay, tell us about your love of grilled pork chops. I don't love pork chops, but it's about the only thing on this list that is an ass, so I'm going with the pork chops. All right, so... After that, I have a meat. So what do I want as a side for my meat? I have options, as I said, like grilled zucchini, which can probably go directly in the garbage. Grilled eggplant, which you got to bread that for that to even be kind of delicious. But I see an option here. There was one state that picked grilled sweet corn. Was it I love some grilled sweet corn. Grilled sweet corn when you get that on the grill, it's just, mwah, oh, you love it. So I, with my second pick, am taking grilled sweet corn. All right. I really think I'm at a disadvantage here, but I am going to use this to my advantage. And uh, there was one state that chose kebabs. Now, that is a very generic name. Kebabs could be anything, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm putting bratwurst on my fucking kebab because the fact that bratwurst isn't on this list is a goddamn travesty. You probably get like cauliflower and like (laughs) tofu. No, my kebab's going to have some bratwurst and some onions and some green peppers. And I'm going to cook that shit up nice and good. That sounds delicious. Now, looking at this list... There's lots and lots of seafood. One of the things that you, loyal listener, don't know about me is I'm not really a fan of seafood. So I think I am going to go with an item that two states have chosen, and it's grilled peaches. I have never had grilled peaches in my life, but that actually sounds pretty delicious. Because if you think about it, you put this peach on the grill, and this peach is going to have natural sugar. And when you put that natural sugar on the grill, that sugar is going to caramelize, and that's going to be good. Damn it. I wanted the peaches, man. That was my next pick. Well, Uh, that's what you get for taking the Samoas from me. You will never live that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I am also not a big seafood person, but there is one seafood on here that I'm pretty much okay with, and the thought of grilling it actually sounds really, really fucking good. So I am taking the grilled shrimp. Put that on my list. Well, put that on your list. Grilled shrimp, I feel like that does sound good. That feels like it would be a very... Again, kind of that shrimp is going to get that nice little grill char on it. And... Yeah, yeah, man. All right. So let's recap. You've got grilled shrimp, pork chops, and kebabs. I have grilled chicken, grilled peaches, and grilled sweet corn. So now I'm going to look through here and see, are there any vegetables that are worth <laughs> drafting i really don't feel like there is because we've actually put the word cannot draft on the one state that picked grilled vegetables because i felt like that was a cop-out considering that zucchini and eggplant and asparagus were on here now if i wanted my bodily functions to smell terrible i would draft grilled asparagus Hmm. i don't know that i want that but looking at this list we are really kind of getting into this is like Blake Bortles garbage time right now. Yeah, yeah, I so, agree. I think that I am going to have to go with grilled lamb chops. Again, Ooh. I feel like that might be, and again, I don't know, but I feel like that would probably be similar to your grilled pork chops. So I feel like it would be a good option. Nice, nice. All right, well, I've got shrimp, pork chops, and kebabs. So clearly you can see that I'm all about the protein, although I did kind of cheat and sneak some vegetables onto my kebabs. Um, But I am going to have to go with vegetables. And uh, the vegetables we have are zucchini and asparagus and cap. How do you grill cabbage? Like, what the fuck is with that? Um, I think... I'm going to go with the asparagus. I I may, you know, when I get up and take my morning piss tomorrow, it's going to smell bad. But you know what? I live alone, so that's fine. I can deal with it. 
<laughs> I was actually thinking about taking the asparagus, so you totally did snipe. I know you were going there. for it. I was, yeah. So, all right. So I have my last pick here. So I have the choice of taking lots of wonderful seafood options <laughs> or grilled zucchini. So I'm going to rule out grilled zucchini. Grilled ooh, zucchini ooh. really just doesn't do much for me because I personally like a more crisp vegetable off of the grill. So something like zucchini or eggplant, like if they're on the grill a little bit too long, I just don't know that that's going to be what I want. Now, I do think that I'm going to go with what two states did, and I'm going to go with grilled lobster. So I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to love going to Red Lobster, and she probably would get lobster at some point, and I'd probably have a little <laughs> bit of it, and it's probably fine. So I think just to go for some of the votes, I'm going to go with grilled lobster. All right. Well, with the last pick in the inaugural grilled food recipe Google search thing draft, I'm taking a look at what I got, right? So I got, I got some shrimp. That's going to, you know, I think that'd be a good appetizer, right? A couple of shrimp with some uh, some some lime or some lemon on there. I think that'd be good. And then and then we hit you with the the kebab, so you get some vegetables and that bratwurst, and then a big old pork chop with a bone in. It'll be amazing with some asparagus on the side. The only thing missing be from this meal, you know what the only thing missing is a dessert. It's funny you should say that because I was going to say a woman to enjoy it with. So I'm going to pick the grilled salmon because there's 16 (laughs) states like salmon. There's a lady out there that wants to come join me and has some salmon on the grill. So I'm going with the salmon to bring me a lady to eat my meal with me. Well, Wisconsin was one of the 16 states there we go. that chose grilled salmon. So all you got to do is update your Tinder and say, I know how to cook some grilled salmon. There we Come go. Come on over. Done. So, so now We Random has not only turned into your favorite random podcast, but it has turned into your dating podcast. There we so go. women of the world. If you are listening to this and you need a man to cook you grilled salmon, <laughs> make sure to hit my boy up at Big C underscore mske on twitter he is part of the <laughs> underscore family so make sure to hit him up so there we go. to recap here christopher has grilled salmon as his pick for the ladies he's got grilled shrimp as an appetizer he's got the kebabs with you know tofu no he's got <laughs> he's got the pork chops and the grilled asparagus i have selected grilled chicken particularly grilled chicken wings I have grilled sweet corn. I have grilled peaches, grilled lamb chops, and grilled lobster. So, again, for those of you on social media, hit us up on our Almost Qualified Productions. We'll put up another poll and tell us who won this draft and if you want us to keep doing these. I've got a couple other options in the uh, hopper here, so we're just going to keep doing them until you tell us you don't want us to. (laughs) Good deal. All right, so we will put that up on our Twitter, which is what what is our Twitter? AQ underscore PROD, almost qualified production. Um, and then uh, yeah, I think for the extra point, I'm gonna let you go off, B, so I can uh, I can play off what you go off. So my extra point, I wanted to kind of keep it short and sweet, but because of what has happened this week, I'm not gonna be able to. September is National Suicide Month. We want to talk about your health. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to ask for help. We as a society, especially for males, have a society of toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity will tell you as a male that it's not okay to talk about your feelings. It'll tell you that you need to just keep going. It'll tell you that you need to push it down. It'll tell you that you know, people won't have sympathy for you talking about experiencing depression. You know, that happened this week with Skip Bayless talking about Dak Prescott and how he said he didn't have sympathy for him going public with experiencing depression. You know, talking about how leaders are held to a higher standard. We in the mental health community want to make sure that every person has a resource, whether that is a friend that they can talk to, whether that's a mental health counselor that they can talk to, 
it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to talk about that. One of the things that I want to tell you all is that, you know, if you're struggling, if you need someone who's impartial, you can always reach out to me. I'm on Twitter all the time. I'm at Landmark MKE. I can't promise to fix anything. I won't try to fix anything. But what I will do is I will listen. Sometimes that's the best thing that you can do because if you are experiencing pain, if you are experiencing struggle, I want you to feel like you can talk about that because when you feel like you can't talk about it, that is one of the most discouraging feelings in the world. And I want for me, for you, Christopher, and for everybody who hears these words to know that there are people out there who care about them and that other people in the world depend on them being the healthiest person that they can be. So it's okay to work through things and be the best person you can be. Amen, brother. I'm going to get, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to kind of go the opposite of the way I normally do on this podcast. I'm going to get real with y'all. I mean, I'm always real, but I'm going to get a different kind of real. So as, as, as B mentioned, this is national suicide awareness month, right? Trying to bring awareness to people who, who are suffering a lot of times silently. Um, I've struggled with depression my entire adult life, entire adult life. I've struggled with it. Multiple times in my life, I've been suicidal, sometimes very, very close to doing things that I can't walk back from. That may come as a surprise to a lot of people that listen to this and know me, but that's where I've been. That's where I am. Almost every day I deal with this one way or another. And, and it's, I think it's important for people to know that, that that's okay, that it's okay to feel however it is that you feel, that it's okay to go get help if you need help. Um, that it's not weakness. It's not a weakness to, to feel that way. It's not a weakness to feel like you can't move, can't go on, that you can't move forward. It's not weakness to admit how you're feeling. So now I'm going to tap back in a little bit more to earlier, the earlier me. Skip Bayless is a fucking asshole. Straightforward. He's a piece of shit. What he said is absolute garbage. And not only that, it's fucking dangerous because there are people out there that are that are listening to him and watching what he's saying that are feeling that way. And all that's going to do is push them back close, you know, more inside of themselves to say, well, shit, I can't say nothing. I can't do any. I can't I can't make how I feel known. I can't talk to somebody. Because this is how people are going to see me. This is the reason why people who feel this way, a lot of people that feel this way, why they don't say anything, right? It's because I don't want people to look at me a certain way. I don't want people to talk about me behind my back. I don't, I don't want people to, to think that I'm weak. And that's not what this is by any, any stretch of the imagination. So when people like that, people with a national forum, people with that big of a voice and that small of a brain... When they say bullshit like that, it is it is actually dangerous to a lot of people. So I have a voice that is much smaller. I have a brain that I think is probably much bigger, at least in this in this regard. And I, I would like to say for anyone that is listening who maybe does feel that way or knows somebody that feels that way, that it's okay. It's okay to feel that way. It's okay to, to not be okay. It's okay to feel off. And it's okay to go get help. Whatever that help looks like to you, it's totally okay to go get help. And you know what? I guarantee you that's what Dak Prescott feels. And I guarantee you there are a lot more people that feel that way than feel the way that that jackass feels. So if you're out there, if you're listening, if you need help, reach out and get help. If you need someone to listen, as B said, I am here to listen reach out to me. I'll listen all day and all night if I need to, but make sure you reach out and get help if that's you, because regardless of what loudmouth assholes on ESPN say, it does not make you weak if you need that upping hand. And that's all I got this week. I'd a hundred percent agree with that. And I'll leave it, you know, with the words of AJ Mendez that I retweeted yesterday, please know that the world needs you. There are better days ahead. I hope you never stop fighting for what your future holds. We love y'all. We thank you for listening to this and we hope to see you next week. See you later, y'all. There's no putting it in my thing anyway, Big C. Come on.
Ha ha ha!